Welcome to Going Deep, sports in the 21st century on Blue Ridge Public Radio. I'm Dr. Marsha Mount Shoup. And I'm Coach John Shoup. John's coached at the highest levels of the game of football for 26 years. And Marsha is an author, theologian, and minister. And we're glad you've joined us to go deep into some of the most pressing issues of our time. On Going Deep, we go beyond the sound bites and highlight reels. Hello, I'm Matt Bush, the news director for Blue Ridge Public Radio, and I help the Shoops produce Going Deep. In this episode, we look at the player drafts for all four major sports leagues in North America, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL. Which is the fairest for players? Well, before we get to that answer, we first go deep and examine the rules for each draft. And we start with the one that is probably most familiar to everyone, and certainly is the most familiar to our hosts, the NFL Draft. Yeah, the NFL's pretty clean. There's seven rounds in the NFL. A player is not eligible to be drafted until he's three years removed from high school. And uh, those seven rounds, are there's 32 teams. Each team gets a pick in each round that uh, reflects how they finished uh, in the season. And so the last place team, or the team with the worst record, picks first. The team that wins the Super Bowl obviously picks last. So there's approximately 256 draft picks every year, but there are some compensatory picks in all of these drafts. And a compensatory pick is a pick that the league might give to a team if that team lost a key free agent or something like that in the off season. And those compensatory picks are usually in the middle rounds that they're added on at the end of the round. So seven rounds, uh, and basically you're not eligible until you're three years removed from high school. And there is no one and done in the NFL. Maurice Claret, a, a prior tried. guest on this show yeah it was the first one we really tried on that so in many ways the nfl draft structure does reinforce the ncaa's hold on football in the country right right and i mean the college um football system is the farm team system for the nfl unlike the other leagues that we'll talk about the nfl really depends on the ncaa for it for feeding it talent and feeding it players that are ready physically and mentally to play pro football. So I think the two work together really intimately in football. An interesting note is that this spring, the American Alliance Football League tried to make a go of it, and they fashioned themselves as a spring league or a minor leagues for the NFL. And in fact, you know, they went to the NFL Players Union seeking uh, to form an alliance with them. But the NFL and the NFL Players Association didn't want anything to do with the Alliance Football League. And the primary reason is, why would they spend money on something if they have this college system For free. that serves yeah. <laughs> as the world's best a uh, 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 grooming farm league system, and it doesn't cost them a cent. The primary reason 
spring football, in my opinion, or these farm leagues for the NFL, in my opinion, don't make it is because we have a farm system already. It's just college football. Each team has seven picks. The likelihood of those players making it. So how are they paid coming into the NFL? And what is their likelihood of making a team to ensure that they have a career uh, coming fresh out of college? Yeah, the NFL um, slots their draft picks. So if you're picked first, there's a maximum amount of money you can get. And if you're picked 10th, you're going to be making a proportional amount to the guy that was picked 10th the previous year. So the top draft picks in the NFL were all slotted in an effort to get them signed. So uh, in terms of salary, a guy picked fourth is not going to make more money in his first contract than a guy picked second. It's not going to happen. Now, they could make better endorsement deals. They could have signing bonuses. There could be different things. But in terms of salary, it won't happen. And in the NFL, NFL teams are really, really built on the draft. Uh, If you have a draft of seven rounds, you would hope that five of those players make your you'd hope that all seven of those players make your team but in a realistic world every year you'd you you'd be disappointed if at least five of those guys didn't make your active roster of 53 whereas that'll be very different in some of the sports that we talk about major league baseball there's 40 rounds you'll draft a bunch of guys and really none of them may ever make your Uh, major league roster the nfl needs so many players it's such a big you know organization and they need so many bodies that if somebody gets drafted to even if they don't find success with their first team just being drafted kind of puts you in a different circulation wouldn't you say that that's just the fact that you were drafted is probably going to help you bounce around to a few other teams if you don't make it Mm -hmm. so the draft really does it kind of creates a pool of even if they're second or third tier players they're gonna be in circulation for a while right and they may they may appear on practice squads Mm -hmm. every nfl team has a practice squad of 10 players that so that's what's 10 times 32, 320. Mm-hmm. So there's 320 players in the NFL that are kind of hidden right. mm-hmm. from the common fan, but every NFL team knows exactly who's, who's on, on whose practice squads and they're shuffling around. And those and, guys pop up sometimes and uh, get on the travel team. Right. And so if you are drafted, you kind of put yourself in a pool of I'm an above-the-floor talent. And above-the-floor talent does not put you in the NFL. One of the things that I've been surprised about is talent is fairly common. There's a lot of really talented players. I'd say there's probably a 1,000 quarterbacks in America right now that physically can throw the ball well enough to play in the NFL. But there's only 64 jobs. And so... 
when you get on these practice squads and you're able to hang around, teams are able to kind of evaluate you in a different way and see kind of how you're wired. And uh, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for a player to, who has great talent that you, you keep them around for a year on your practice squad to see if they elevate or, or if they're able to, you know, wire their mind and body correctly. Or guys that have talent sometimes don't get that and, mm-hmm. well, they just kind of fall off the radar. And I just want to say their negotiating power when they're drafted is very minimal. Their negotiating power in the NFL is very minimal because you're slotted. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to hear about slotting, and all these leagues have a level of slotting when it comes to drafts. But go ahead. Right. Well, and the other thing in the NFL is your salary is not guaranteed money. You know, you have to make the team in the NFL to get the money. Mm-hmm. Now, you could get a bonus that, uh, you know, they may guarantee a bonus or something like that, but that's kind of aside from your salary. In other sports, <laughs> there's a lot of guaranteed money in your salary, which ooh, can but really it- take a hit. bonuses really only come into play mostly in, in an impactful way for the up for the higher rounds right for the first few rounds in the nfl draft signing bonuses will come in more to play actually when you're a free agent mm-hmm. uh, than when you're drafted because when you're a free agent they're trying instance, to woo you yeah for instance tom brady's salary is not as great as many quarterbacks in the nfl because there's a cap on the salary cap, so it allows New England to spend money in other places to keep the team, you know, to keep the team at a high level. Now, having said that, Tom Brady makes oodles of money in other ways that don't have to do with football. <laughs> uh, so the next one we'll go to is the NBA. The NBA is also somewhat easy to mm-hmm. – um, the rules are somewhat easy for everybody to follow, I think. But, again, it comes down to a very strong NCAA presence in its minor league, even though the NBA does technically have a minor league, what's now called the G League. So in the NBA, you have to be out of high school at least one year. Unless you're coming from Europe, you have to be out of high school one year. Right. And the NBA only has two rounds. And the reason why is the NBA roster isn't as big as the Mm -hmm. others. Uh, The interesting thing about the NBA, and uh, even in NHL this happens, is the NBA has a lottery system that they started – I don't know, probably a dozen years ago, or more than that, after Patrick Ewing. Uh, Patrick Ewing, in the NBA, for instance, this year, Zion Williamson was the agreed-upon first pick of the draft. Best prospect since LeBron, yeah. Best prospect since LeBron, and everybody agreed on that. And so what the lottery does is it prevents teams that aren't going to make the playoffs from tanking uh, in the regular season so they could get the first pick of the draft. And you're mentioning there in the mid-'80s this happened in both leagues, both the NBA and the NHL that have draft lotteries. Teams tanked, and the, right. the Knicks tanked to get Patrick Ewing, and the Penguins tanked to get Mario Lemieux. And Patrick Ewing and Mario Lemieux then went yeah. on to be 
superstars. Hall of Famers, superstars. Change the landscape of those teams. Exactly. So what happens is in the NBA draft lottery, uh, the worst team in the league uh, has the ratio of the best chance of winning the lottery, although it's not guaranteed. And so uh, it decreases the incentive for teams to tank at the end of a season. Um, because a, one person in the NBA, one person in the NHL, and arguably in the NFL and in, in Major League Baseball as well, but one person can really mm-hmm. make a difference. I mean, LeBron James changes everything. Uh, uh, Michael Jordan changed everything. Zion Williams Could. remains to be seen, but has a chance to change everything for New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So, but again, looking at it from the the level of a player, kind of trying to get into this, you can come out after one year mm-hmm. and be drafted. The NBA and the NCAA have tweaked some of the rules on you can come out and you know not sign with an agent, which would allow you to go to back. But what about the players' sort of rights here, the players' power in the NBA draft coming out of the NCAA, again, a very rigid NCAA system, or becoming less rigid, admittedly. But. Right. But, well, but unlike the NFL draft, a player can, does have some agency in kind of reading the tea leaves and saying, eh, I don't like where this is going. I'm going to go back to college for but another that, year. But for a lot of players, is that... You've I mean, talked a lot about how difficult it is for. Oh, players I agree. And all but that, yeah. in terms, like an NFL player, once they've declared for the it's draft, a, they're yeah. done. They're done. So at least there is that kind of like, let me test the waters, and then if it's not, if I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. getting what I'm hoping to get, I can go back and, in the best case scenario, up my myself as an asset by having another great season or winning an NCAA championship. Um, I'm not saying that's not problematic in terms of what the NCAA really offers a person as a human being, but it's another option that's not on the table for football players. And I do think part of that is because the NBA can be more picky. Technically speaking, and I think this is really interesting, Zion Williamson, this season, was the first pick of the NBA draft by the New Orleans Pelicans. Zion Williamson, after his college career, if he did not sign an endorsement deal or on with an agent, which he did, so, but say he did not do that, Zion Williamson could have waited, saw who won the lottery, Mm -hmm. and once he saw New Orleans won the lottery, if he didn't want to go to New Orleans, but say he wanted to go to the New York Knicks, mm-hmm. in theory, he could have said, I'm going back to Duke for another year, and I'm going to re-enter the draft next year in hopes of maybe having the L.A. Lakers or the New York Knicks, uh, you know, a team in a big, huge market, select him. Now, he couldn't do that this year because as soon as the season was over, he signed, Mm -hmm. he took money from agents and stuff. In theory, if he didn't do that, that's one thing that a player could do, and that would have been really fascinating. There's there's people who believe 
that a draft, in fact, a, a New York Yankees administrator a long time ago called the draft communist. You know, <laughs> he, he said he said that players should be able to choose where they want to go. Uh, and obviously, this benefits huge big market teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it benefited teams in the early 20s before any type of draft existed in Major League Baseball. It benefited the Yankees, the St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. these big, huge teams that were established. If that were the case, you'd probably see teams like New York and L.A. be able to pick and choose the players that they want right. to have. So we'll move on then to the baseball draft. This is where it gets complicated because the NCAA and our next two leagues that we're going to talk about still a presence, but much less of a presence. So for Major League Baseball, hold with us here because we got a lot of explaining that we get to do. We figured you can be drafted in Major League Baseball up to four times. Now, you can be drafted after you graduate high school. You can be drafted uh, after if you go to an NCAA school immediately after high school. You can be drafted after three seasons. And then if you say no, you can be drafted after your fourth season, your senior year. Also, if you, after graduating high school, go to a junior college, a non-NCAA school, you can be drafted after one year. But again, we talked about this. Major League Baseball has 40 rounds. Lucky probably if two players per draft make the bigs and not necessarily if they have long careers. There's also a huge international influence in baseball. So anybody who's coming from Central American countries and the Caribbean or in Europe that's or in Asia, that's a completely different pool. Mm-hmm. That's an international draft pool you sign basically with a, a, the team at the age of 16 or up. Mm-hmm. So baseball is pretty complicated here. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you look at it, what does the agency players have? Because, again, there's also a slotting system in baseball, which is very, very rigid. We can go into why that is. Uh, in a little bit, but there's also a very, very rigid system. Plus, it's tough to make the majors. And of the it's, four leagues, it may be the toughest. It yeah, probably is. It's tough to make the majors. And when you get drafted, the the payoff isn't as much. Mm-hmm. So, like in the NFL, again, it's it's not that the odds are great that you're going to make a lot of money or be a millionaire. You, I mean, to have a real career in the NFL, it's hard. Not mm-hmm. only because of just... You have to have a certain level of talent and work ethic, but the potential of injuries and, you know, they're just all sorts of things that make it um, a difficult thing to really make a career out of a life in the NFL. The NBA, it's hard because it's a small pool. With the MLB, there's such this big pool, but if you get drafted and you just, you know, kind of while away five, six years in the in the farm league system, you're not gonna. It's hard to really make a living that way. That mm-hmm. um, that isn't pretty much banked on. Boy, I really hope I get out of this, right? <laughs> so that I can really make a living. Yeah, every major league team has at least six uh, minor league minor league affiliates, mm-hmm. and most of these guys are going to start in the rookie ball leagues, and then a place like Asheville is the next stop for them. That's the lowest full season league and then you have three more levels of full season ball before you get there not that guys stay there every you know for a full season and all that but it's still probably minimum two to three years for every player getting drafted to get up there yeah it really is and and there's a unique thing in baseball that players have leverage because if a player is drafted out of high school and he doesn't like the team that drafted him he can go to college
uh, he can go to college for three years and if he's drafted after three years and again he doesn't like the situation that he's drafted in he could return to college for a fourth year I know people that have been drafted three times now an interesting thing happened when I was coach at North Carolina in the same recruiting season I was a football coach at North Carolina I recruited the two best football baseball players in the country one was a guy named Donovan Tate out of Georgia and Donovan Tate was probably a better baseball player than he was a quarterback and the other was a guy named Bryn Renner out of Northern Virginia Bryn was probably a little better quarterback than he was a baseball player but they were both going to be high draft picks in baseball well Donovan Tate Uh, told teams that he was open to the prospect of playing baseball still after he signed a letter of intent at North Carolina. And in fact, he came to North Carolina, was there in the summer working out with us when he was picked third overall by the San Diego Padres. So now in negotiations, he had a lot of leverage with the San Diego Padres because if the Padres didn't give him what he wanted, He'd just say, I'm going to North Carolina to play football and baseball. And as it turns out, Donovan Tate uh, got a lot, a lot of money from the Padres, ended up telling me one day in my office, Coach, i got to take this money. I'm going to play for the Padres. He never made it to the major leagues. He could come back and play NCAA football, though, right? He did come back and play NCAA football at the University of Arizona, but never really, uh, uh, you know, as a mid 20 year old, kind of mm-hmm. never, his career never really took off. Conversely, the other guy on our team, Bryn Renner, told everybody, There's, don't draft me. He, he, in fact, told the New York Yankees who were interested in drafting him, do not draft me because even if you do, I'm going to North Carolina to play football. And so I think those two guys, it was a really interesting scenario. Bryn wanted to play football. Donovan was unsure and used football as leverage. And so uh, even this year, the first round, the first pick of the NFL draft, Kyler Murray, in 2019, he was picked by the Arizona Cardinals. He was the first pick of their draft, a quarterback. In 2018, He was the ninth pick of the first round by the Oakland Athletics. And so he received a couple of million dollar signing bonus from the Oakland A's, played his senior year with the uh, Oklahoma Sooners in football, realized how good he was going to be, and then said, you know what, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to stick with football, and had to give that money back to the A's. Another thing we're all not having brought up here, and again, it's how long you have to go through the minor leagues to make it to the bigs, but right. um, they get paid minimum wage in the minor leagues. So right. in many ways, you're living off your signing bonus, and depending on what your economic situation is, right? that's really tough. Right. And it's not an easy lifestyle either. Mm-hmm. Like A lot of buses. It's, it's a lot, lot of buses, a <laughs> lot of not great hotels, and, and you know some of those guys and on some levels of the farm system live in like families houses and Mm -hmm. stuff 
And so I, I do think with the NFL, the the players do kind of – everybody's not making the big money, but there is a certain floor they don't go beneath mm-hmm. where you're, the league minimum for the guys getting paid the less, paid the less it's, it's enough to make a living. You can – in the NFL? Yeah. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's enough to make a really yeah. good living. Yeah. Yeah. And even practice squad You just squad won't players. make it for long yeah. if you're not. Even even practice squad players are paid handsomely, yeah. the, you know, in the NFL. So I, I think you're right. You know, still, though, the high draft picks in Major League Baseball do get often a signing bonus well everyone gets a bonus but i think you know now the top guy gets around six million or close to seven million i think the top pick now gets actually just signed today i didn't see what his (laughs) what his contract was the top pick in this draft um but baseball is now going to a very rigid slotting system because it used to be until this was about seven eight years ago you could pay players whatever you wanted in a signing bonus no matter where you drafted them and there was a player drafted in the second round by the pirates who said he was out of high school, said he was he was going to college, he was going to the University of Texas, and said, don't draft me. Well, Pirates did it anyway, and the Red Sox wanted him, wanted to draft him and didn't, mm-hmm. based on this. Well, his, the letter says, don't draft me. Well, the Pirates did it anyway and offered him a $5 million signing bonus, and he took it, and the rules have changed essentially since then. The players also, Josh Bell, who – you following the Pirates right. this year, John, absolutely worth the $5 million <laughs> signing bonus. Well, well, that's interesting because in the story that I told about Donovan Tate, who was offered a lot of money and went to the Padres, I was really nervous about Bryn Renner, the guy who ended up being the starting quarterback at North Carolina and a fantastic one. Uh, I was really nervous about him still getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was the Yankees that had such interest in him. And it's easy to say, no, don't draft me. I want to go to college. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden someone drafts you and says, here's 20 million reasons why I think you <laughs> right. should yeah. skip and it was at college still that and time. Come. Yeah, you baseball teams yeah. could do that. Yeah. And so if it was the Arizona Diamondbacks or, or, story, or a yeah. smaller program, I wouldn't have been that worried. But I was really concerned – I kind of had a sigh of relief when we got through, because I even Mm -hmm. thought they might pick him in like the 40th round. Right. I think some guys have been – I remember Michael Vick was drafted in a base. I don't think he'd ever played baseball or not to any sort of seriousness, and he was drafted. Right. I mean, Russell Wilson played down the street. He was drafted in baseball, too. He played a season down the street for the Taurus. Kerry Collins, a guy who I coached at the Carolina Panthers, was drafted three times. Mm -hmm. He was drafted uh, out of high school. And so that team kept his rights just in case he quit football. Sure. Then he was drafted after his third year in college at Penn State when he was still a great football player. There was every reason to think he was going to the NFL. But just in case, that team used a late-round draft pick on him that if he decided – and then uh, after his fourth year, another team drafted him as well – and so if football didn't work out, mm-hmm. they would have had the rights to carry Collins. And did he – was he compensated for them having rights to him? No. We do have to get to the final yeah. league here, but it's very interesting. It seems baseball and football, those two drafts intersect far more because players – They certainly because they play both. They yeah. play both sports because they come – 
mm-hmm. kind of come at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. So last one is the NHL, and this one's probably going to be the most difficult to explain because the feeder systems in the NHL, there's several of them, and it's also the most international sport, mm-hmm. I think, of the four. So... Um, the NHL, you can either be drafted out of a junior team. Now, there are teams in both the United States and Canada. The ones in Canada, the three leagues up there, the Ontario Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey Leaguers, consider the most prestigious. You can be drafted out of those. You can be drafted off of a national team. You can be drafted off of an NCAA college team. You can also be drafted off of a European professional team. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. That is an awful lot. Um <laughs> But players can also, you know, they can be drafted but not start playing professionally in the NHL for a few seasons because of the rules there, too. Um, so this one's pretty difficult to sort of go through. It's really, really convoluted, but it shows uh, maybe shows shows a lot of things. I think. Right. Well, and you also have the age factor in mm-hmm. hockey, which we've learned from some hockey parents is like well, determines days, yeah. when people try to get pregnant and stuff <laughs> if they think they're going to have a hockey player. but. You know, there's when your birthday is and, you know, what the cutoff is and if you're early or late to these different leagues has a bearing on how you kind of get into the circulation of the draft, too. Yeah. So if you're in North America, you'll be you can be drafted between the ages of 18 and 20. And so if you're an 18 year old with just a an amazing future, you could be drafted and a team holds your rights, age 18, age 19, age 20, and you still go back and play wherever you might be. And that's what makes it kind of unique. The NHL may hold your rights. An NHL team may you hold the rights to you. can go back and play you. on an NCAA team. You can go back and play on your junior team. Right. And, and often, though, the lure is so strong with money and stuff that you don't do that. But uh, that's what makes that's one of the things that makes the NHL unique. Another is like the NBA. One player in the NHL, mm-hmm. it's seven rounds in the NHL, yet one player can really make a difference. Absolutely. If it's Mario Lemieux, uh, like uh, was the case with the – Penguins, as you said, the Penguins tanked mm-hmm. to be able to have the right to draft. Now Mario it's a lottery, Lemieux. and when the Penguins got Sidney Crosby, however long ago that was, that was a lottery too. But they won it. But I, remember, I was still living in Pittsburgh at the time, and just the I mean, they were prayers, people working rosary beads on the Penguins <laughs> no organization doubt. that day to make sure they got to number one. And they were the worst team, and they had the most you know lottery you know yeah. ping pong balls or whatever but i remember what i'm saying like working working <laughs> four leaf clovers and rosary beads to make sure that you know they ended up getting the top pick and it completely changes the franchise they may have moved had they right. not been able to draft him so you're right hockey in that level but every draft there's only really one to two players that can start immediately right. in the nhl from being drafted and onto the team so that's a little different that's more Mm-hmm. That's also different, too, because with the NBA, most of those guys end up getting on the roster. Maybe they don't right. play much, but they are. The NFL, you're directly there. Baseball, nobody goes from being drafted directly to the majors anymore. Right. And the chances of you actually making it right. aren't Right. And then the NHL does have a minor league system, too. There are Each team usually has about two affiliates. So that's also different, I think, from the other sports mm-hmm. as well. So and what do you think? If I 
were a great, Mm -hmm. let's say it, male athlete. (laughs) This is all men's sports. Um, And I could pick and choose between a sport, and I had my own, you know, kind of financial and long-term well-being at heart. I would have to say I'd really want to be a basketball player. I think that the NBA, if you are a top-tier player, the NBA draft um, gets you the most possibility for impact. It gets you a, a big payoff for that. Yes, it's a rough game and it's physical and everything, but you don't have the same risk factors in terms of head injuries and long-term, um, you know, I mean, the life expectancy of NFL players is like 20, 15 to 20 years less than, a, than an average mm-hmm. man. So I, I think if, for me, the kind of long-term well-being of a human being, if I could pick one that's the best for, for the athlete himself, it would be the NBA. That's my vote. Or baseball. <laughs> <laughs> really? If, uh, I mean, Tom Brady and Drew Brees playing into their 40s are kind of unprecedented. Most NFL players aren't going to play past their early 30s in major league baseball if you're good you can really i mean it's not uncommon for players to play well into their 30s or in the back half of their 30s which the cumulative effect of the the accumulated wealth over the years is is enormous and the other thing in baseball in the nba is you can sign salaried contracts that can be guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, you always have to make the team to get your money. And so it's not uncommon for NFL teams when someone's getting up there in age, if it's a big, huge hit on your salary cap and you don't think yeah. that the worth is going to be that, frankly, you cut them. You're out the door. Yeah. So I find it interesting. So we go through all the sort of economic of each draft and all that but I guess really the in the end the determining factor for both of you is it's still the sport that you can play the longest but without the physical toll mm-hmm. and basketball and baseball certainly have less of the physical toll that football and hockey do there are far fewer head injuries there's far fewer hitting and I also think there's something better about the NBA than the, than the um major league baseball because of the farm system because of those years you have to you know, just kind of bide your time and, and, you know, again, a physical toll. If you've got a family, you're never home. You're never going to see them. There are a lot of games in an NBA season, but the bas- the baseball season and preseason and all that, I mean, that, those, that travel and everything is brutal. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, I just think the, if you look over the long haul in terms of the well-being of the human being, over the whole kind of stretch. If you are a a premier player, the NBA is hard to beat. saying if it's a premier pro what if you're a, what if you're if you're if you're not, not a what if great guy's player gonna, you know what if you're gonna be a role player a guy who sits on you know then i'd have to say you you know if you're gonna be a role player and you're just hoping that you can get in the mix 
mm-hmm. the NFL or the or Major League Baseball. I don't want to play hockey because you know they like fight and stuff. Well, <laughs> if you're out there and you're left-handed and throw 90 miles an hour, <laughs> you got a chance to have a pretty nice career in Major League Baseball, where every fourth day you got to go work really hard. <laughs> but I, actually, I think I think all four of these sports, though. Um, well, baseball and basketball does have the most travel. All four of these sports and all professional sports now have become 365-day-a-year yes. jobs. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not at the facility training with your team, uh, you know that somebody else is. And so players now view their profession and their craft as a, a, a year-round mm-hmm. endeavor. And so... They're training wherever they are for uh, what they're doing. You've been listening to Going Deep, Sports in the 21st Century, from the studios of Blue Ridge Public Radio, NPR for Western North Carolina. Tell us what you think of the show by emailing us at goingdeep at bpr.org. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter as well at Shoops Going Deep.